This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello and welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team. You're back again for another week of informational sport-related information. I am your host or one of the hosts, and because I am one of the hosts, you can automatically assume that I have equal knowledge in the subjects which we were discussing. That is a lie. I can't believe I started off this podcast with a lie. Uh, I'm joined by <laughs> Tyler, who knows more than I do. Well, only in the area of sports. I, I want to openly state that I know more than you in the general sense of life, but I definitely I definitely know more about sports. I studied it. I have a master's degree in sport administration. You know, I spent a lot of my life being an athlete, so I do know a good bit about sports. I can't believe Tyler's starting this off with a lie. He knows more about me than anything. He knows more about me than I do. He knows me biblically <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to mean i don't know it just sounded right i never know what i'm saying when i'm saying it i just say the words that come to my mind and they flow out of my mouth yeah when people say knowing somebody biblically like what does that actually stand for does that mean they just know you naked i don't know i think biblically means inside and out knowing someone biblically <laughs> i'm literally looking this up right now mm-hmm. <laughs> oh it is to have sex with someone. <laughs> That's just probably so, one, of the, all right. one of the things. Okay. So which one of us speaks in riddles? One of us speaks in rhymes. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I thought we don't speak of that other podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. That's an expression that anyone says. Oh, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Completely. Everyone in the world knows exactly what that is. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, anyway, we're back for more sports-related knowledge and uh, random other crap that we're going to, well, mostly me, is going to bring up in the (laughs) midst of it. So I'm ready. Tyler, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, today we're going to get into figure skating. Mm, Interesting. Figure skating. Okay. Not a sport. Case closed. Uh, What? No. 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 Hold on. We haven't even gotten to that. One part. of us speaks in riddles. One of us speaks in rhymes. <laughs> one of us lies all the time. All right. So, figure skating. I know figure skating. It's um, you, skating. Do you? Because last time we talked, 
the subreddit had a uh, a bit of a a jacuse against you. Oh no, wait, no, you're not supposed to bring up the jacuses. There are hey, no jacuses against me. It doesn't. There happen. are jacuses against you. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't find the actual ones, but I remember them. Where a lot of people were yelling at you, saying that figure skates aren't flat on the bottom. Aren't flat? No, I didn't say they, they were are flat. concave. Yeah, that's what I said. That is literally what I said. I said, yeah, there, I may have like said it in not a very clear way, but the reason I brought up figure skates is because I saw a video that was talking about how they're concave. And so all the pressure comes down on uh, one of the two points, depending on where you're thinking, and it melts as it goes through and it creates a bead of liquid water in the concavity that it skates across. I don't know where people are getting this idea that I said it was flat because the only reason I brought it up is because I was like, it's concave like curling. And I just, I just took it on my spit. They're trying to stop me. The ghost, <coughs> the ghost. See, they lie. Oh, so we can't trust any GQs from here on out because we don't know if they're telling a riddle or a rhyme. No, no. You can't do this to me. <laughs> yeah. No, see, that's literally because if they go back, they'll know that I said like curling and I learned that there's a concavity to a curling stone. And therefore, I would, that's why I brought up the relation between that and the figure skating, because they can't prove otherwise. Just because I might have misspoken at some point and said flat or something, I probably said not flat because the whole reason I brought that up. Jacques eliminated uh, that, I'll, I'll give you i'll give you that point that, all right that, thank that's you a point for mark all right awesome how many points i got uh i think throughout the total life of the podcast like three okay will put in a text-to-speech uh announcer of how many points i have like three <laughs> thank you i'm in the lead baby Win this one. I don't get points. I already have the points. I I take my points and I give them to you. Yeah, right. Well, as we all know, the host can't be the host in the next one. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Wait, what happens if we become tied in points? Do we both just spontaneously explode? No, 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 no. We'll just make up whatever that happens. And probably it'll end up with me winning. That's how it usually goes. But figure skating, yes. I basically yes. explained all of it so people can... Probably just rests easy knowing that they have all the knowledge. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you, they're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow 
grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sports team. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, the reason I wanted to bring up this particular sport Mm -hmm. is that the 2023 ISU World Figure Skating Championships are happening right now. Um, They've been going on from March 20th and will go until March 26th. So now's the perfect time for us to talk about this sport. Okay. So you've been ice skating. Yes. I know this because I've also been ice skating at the same time that you've been ice skating. Just simultaneously in different rinks. Yes. <laughs> we yeah, on that's opposite a, that's such sides a weird of the US. way of saying, yeah, we went figure skating. <laughs> Listen, we were part of a group and uh, we were on the, the ice at the same time. We just so happened to coincidentally be ice skating on different parts of the planet and FaceTimed each other while we were doing our own tricks. I know, right? Midair, he answers a call. And he's like, oh, you too. And I go, yeah, me too. And then I break my clavicle. Wait, did you break your clavicle? No, that's a lie. I'm telling lies. Oh, gosh. How is it not clear at this point that I'm lying? I don't know. My Listen, I just trust you wholeheartedly. Well, that's your first mistake right there. Yeah. <laughs> I know you biblically, so apparently I just trust you <laughs> biblically. I want to make it clear. He does not know me biblically. But is that a lie? <laughs> You'll never know. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> All right. You know how to ice skate. At least Well, yeah, you don't fall of. too much. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when you think of figure skating? Um, I think of elegant costumes. I think of big tricks, jumping in the air, doing lots of twisties, triple axle. I've heard that a lot. Uh, quadruple yep. axle. And it's usually to music. Nice. That I think that's a very accurate description. You okay. did a great job. Um, should I? God, man, I really have the instinct to be like, and that's the episode, but that sounds like it might be the episode. <laughs> nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Now we get into the real conversation. Okay. Act one. Mm-hmm. The first skaters. Okay. When people started ice skating, how long ago do you think that took place? Um. Well, I mean... People would have been going out on the ice probably from a very early period of human history because I'm I'm not 100% sure about, you know, the history and timeline of the human race. But I imagine that it was something, you know, near or adjacent to an ice age of some kind. So I imagine that humans' experiences with ice are probably profound. And then there were the crazy ones that were like, I'm going to go out there on that ice. And everyone else was like, don't do it because, you know, if you fall, you die. Fall through the ice, not just fall down. Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess people can die if they just fall, you know. But They can, yeah, in freak accidents, they definitely can. Yeah. 
Well, figure skating wasn't invented until the 1840s. Oh, that's relatively recently. Yeah. But like you said, traveling on ice using skates is thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the earliest records date to back around 3000 BC in Scandinavia, where people used bones people as used skates. Bones. That's awesome. So they used them to travel across their frozen waterways. The skates were often made out of shin bones of deer and elk and horses and other animals. Could have been humans. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt that would feel. I, f- I feel like even back then they'd be like, mm, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Yeah, no, you grandma died. You're like, ah, oh, my skates are breaking down. Oh, she's got shin bones. You really want grandma's brittle bones for your skating out on those thin ice sheets? No. Listen, we're talking about 3000 BC. Grandma was probably like 30. I mean, you're probably not wrong, but I still don't like it. <laughs> So they were obviously a common mode of transportation during the long winter months because they could travel faster on the ice, you know, mm. glide across ice. Go oh, fast. Okay. All right. You're right. Maybe. But obviously bones aren't exactly as stable as metal. You could only travel about uh, two and a half miles on per hour on them. Uh, so it's barely more than walking. I would figure that like snowshoes might be better. Actually, no, that's if you're in snowy terrain and icy stuff, I guess it would be better than walking. Yeah, snowshoes really were more so that you didn't like fall into the snow, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure you knew that. Yeah, definitely. So often people used to use sticks, poles, or staffs to pull themselves forward as the bone skates lack the sharp edge that current modern skates do to allow you to glide Uh and use them to push off of. Okay. So they kind of rode them more like skis, but on ice. Mm, Interesting. Modern skates can only travel forwards and backwards, but because bone skates had that flat edge... Mm-hmm. Um, that allowed the skater to travel in any direction. You okay. Just, you know, just slide sideways. So they had omnidirectional skis back in the day. Yes, mm. but only on ice. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of cool, but it, it also like lends to the idea that these bones are kind of rounded and not sharp. So they're not doing the same cutting as they are today. No, no. They, you know, the their tools and implements were a little more simple in uh, 3000 BC. Mm, okay. The earliest written mention of ice skating was by a monk in Catterbury named William Fitzstephen. Fitzstephen. Um, it could be Fitzstephen because people it's spelled like Stephen, but... Go ahead. Say those people are weirdos. Call them out they publicly. They are. Oh my God, he did it. They are. I I even have family that has that name spelled that way. And it's like, why why is PH always taught in English as F, but for whatever reason in Steven, it's a V sound. Do you want me to tell you why it's like that? Do you know? Yeah, I do. Oh, sure. Yeah, do it. Explain. It just comes from a difference in default mouth shape for a language, right? So Mm -hmm. F and V are made with the same teeth to lip shape. But mm. what's behind it and how a, a language naturally like speaks certain syllables and consonants affects how they're going to pronounce it. The only difference between an F and a V is by activating your vocal cords. So you f- is from an empty breath, your vocal cords are not activated. A V has V, your vocal cords are activated. So if you come from a language that naturally has more activated vocal cords, you will naturally not be instinctively inclined to say F. You would V 
and it's the same mouth shape. And therefore, with drift in terms of cultures, you have a difference in pronunciation for the same mouth shape that is invisible to what most people see. People will see the lip shape, and because people are good at reading lips and people know what that is and they pick things up from that, they will naturally drift to Stephen, to Stephen, Stephen, and sometimes like language will just like modify its small increments because the other default mouth shapes are all slightly different. Fascinating. Mm-hmm, but this is not a language podcast. This is a sports podcast. Yeah, so William Fitzstephen... Mm-hmm was describing what was happening outside the northern city walls. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the moors of Finsbury and Moorfield freeze over, children from London play. Some of the children have attached bones to their ankles and carry well-worn sticks. They fly across the ice like birds or well-fired arrows. Suddenly, two children will run at each other, sticks held high in the air. They then attack each other until one falls down. <laughs> Often the children injure their heads or break their arms or legs. Good God. So that was apparently happening outside the northern city walls or city walls. This guy was just out there watching Animal Farm take place on the ice out there. And he was like, fascinating. fascinating, (laughs) These children are all breaking their arms. You know, they're beating each other with sticks. (laughs) (laughs) What a fun game. (laughs) Moving forward in time, um, the exact date for steel blades is unknown. But in the 14th century, the Dutch began forging steel blades for ice skates. These steel-bladed ice skates allowed for the greater control and more speed, as we can clearly tell today. Until the late 1800s, ice skating was only to be done outside during the winter when it was cold enough for ice to naturally freeze. So obviously it was more popular in the areas where it got cold and obviously had water, which most places did Mm -hmm. because water is essential. Okay. But the first refrigerated ice rink was called the Glacerium, and it was open in London in 1876. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So the actual sport of figure skating began in Britain in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. The first figure skating club was founded in Edinburgh in the 1740s. They required new members to take an interest test. Like, you got, in order to get in, you have to pass this test. An interest test? Is the test just one oh, question? Entrance. Entrance. Oh, I thought it was interest. I'm like, are My, you interested? Yes or no? Think carefully about this think, one. You don't want to mess it up. It's got to be real high stakes. You must prove your interest. Show us your skates. Mm-hmm. And if they're like, oh, you know, I don't know. And then they get dropped through the trap door into the murky cold waters below. <laughs> They become the ice. Exactly. You just go out there and you're like, you see those faces in the ice? Don't look them in the eye. They're not interested. It's like soul sand in uh, Minecraft, except it's ice. (laughs) Oh, God. You start to skate on them. You slowly carve the ice down. You start chipping away at the bodies down there. (laughs) Oh, no. That's Billy's nose. Oh, no. It's uninterested grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But apparently the entrance test uh, consisted of you requiring to complete a circle with each foot and jumping over a stack of three hats. Three hats? No! (laughs) Oh, it's unheard of! This is London, too. Those top hats are hatty. They're real high. Yep, they were really hatty. Uh-huh. So is it just like three hats folded inside of each other, like they nestle in, or is it three hats stacked upside down on each so it's like, you know, like little uh, coffee creamer cups when you're in a breakfast place and you stack them up real high? Is it like that? 
Unimportant. What's more important (laughs) is that I think this is the invention of the hat trick. Uh, no way. Nah, you can't prove that. Three goals in hockey is a hat trick. You can't prove this. You don't know anything (laughs) about hockey as we proved on the hockey primer. No, this is, this could be the beginning of the hat trick. It was on ice. They put Uh, hats down. You had to jump over them to get into the ice skating rink. You had to jump over three hats, Uh achieving a hat trick. Yeah, sure. Is that proof? Is that proof? It's only logical. Okay, it's only logical. Therefore, if it's only logical, you can deduce it as a naturally true conclusion. Also, I liked how you're just like, whenever I say something bullshit, you just go, uninteresting. Like being <laughs> Mad Max, you're like, <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> All right, so the first figure skating book was written by Englishman Robert Jones, and it was an instructional book entitled A Treatise on Skating. You know, um, you could just read it. <laughs> you could just read it. Treaties what? is a word in American English, too. Hello. Right, but, Hello. Uh, but I'm trying oh. I'm trying to embody what Robert Jones's brain was doing. You don't know what Robert Jones spoke like. How do you know? Maybe I actually commune with ghosts, okay? Do you? Do I need to answer that question? I mean, I guess not. One of us speaks in riddles. One, one of us, us speaks, speaks in rhymes. rhymes. <laughs> All right, sure, fine. You, you know what? I don't know anything about anything, and that's apparently the origin of the hat trick. I am ignorant, and you're teaching me. I'm going to carry this on. Well, his instructional book taught people how to create various shapes, like serpentine lines, circles, figure eights, and spirals. Mm, that's good. And thus began the English style of skating, which early competitions were based not on the techniques themselves, but how exactly the competitors would follow the patterns etched into the ice. Mm, Okay, interesting. So by the late 1800s, figure skating evolved into competitions where athletes had to perform 41 designs. 41. All right. Yes. For example, the figure eight, as well as their own figures. The style of skating was very technical, formal, and rigid. It's basically like dancing. You had to kind of follow the steps to a degree, but you had to freestyle to how you navigated from one shape to the other. Yeah, so it was connecting a bunch of pre-planned routines, basically. Similar to square dancing, early figure skating had a caller who would call out the names of the formations and movements that skaters would then perform. Wait, they did our idea. Oh, uh, what idea? This is like horse for gymnastics when the thing was like how you could really compare the, the, the level playing field. The, the caller would call it out and be like, ah, oh, that guy did a figure eight better than that guy did the figure eight. That guy wins. Oh, uh, when was that our idea? We talked about it in, 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 you think I remember something. anything I've ever said in my life, as you'll discover on the subreddit with people jacuzzing me, I've said things that are apparently a, like a complete core belief of mine. And I never remember even saying it. One of us speaks in riddles. <laughs> one of us. in rhymes. <laughs> All right. But okay. So playing horse. Cause I, I think I vaguely remember this. It's like, um, a better judging system is to do a trick and then see if the other one does it like to the same degree, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it created a better comparative analysis for judges to then be able to actually judge without bias and scorekeeping that is like, ah, we think this trick is more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it had to do with Simone Biles and the fact that she can do tricks that nobody else can do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right. And we're like, well, she should just win. Right, yeah, if if someone does a trick that no one else can do and does it well, I think that qualifies as, wow, you're the best. Here you go. Yeah. Here's your medal that represents who the best is, and you're it. Yeah. 
And so that that's where that conversation came up where it's like if they they actually did the exact same trick and it was like a game of horse where you have to copy and emulate that. And if you achieve it, it's like, all right, you move on. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. So. Case closed. All right. Continue on on, on the history. Continue on, continue on, 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 on the history. Yes. I'm making fun of you. I apologize. Uh, it's fine. That's what this podcast is all about. Did you not watch the trailer for a video <laughs> coming soon? I don't watch the trailer, no. <laughs> so by the mid-1860s, an American dancer and circus performer, Jackson Haynes, introduced his own spin on figure skating, which came to be known as the international style. His style of figure skating was expressive, and it was based on dance moves skating to music instead of listening to a caller's instructions on following shapes in the ice. Mm -hmm. His movements were more fluid than the English style. They were based on ballet. And this improv uh, improvisational skating was also known as ice dancing, which is a category of ice skating uh, competition that's used today. Surprisingly, as an American, he was rejected. They oh. didn't like the style of dance. <laughs> so he went on to Europe where he found success. The Europeans love dancing. Us Americans hate it. Yeah. Wait, no. The UK, they hated it. No. Wait, I thought you just said it was the American guy that came up with the dancing routine and the UK guys hated it. No, America hated it. What? His style of dance wasn't well received in America. This guy's oh, American. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I knew that guy was American, which is why he liked dancing. So I assumed that the Americans wanted it and he was over the UK, which is what you just previously talked about as all these governors and the treaties on, okay. You see, um, you need to put context clues in here or else I'm just gonna, I'm gonna look like a fool. I, I mean, I, I literally straight up said that earlier. No, I wasn't your... listening though. You need to capture my attention before. <laughs> all right, I need to talk more in riddles and rhymes. Uh -huh, exactly. All right, he won a diamond ring and a gold medal and uh, with gems for his performances in Europe. Mm -hmm. In 1868, he even performed for Emperor Franz Joseph I of Austria and opened a skating school in Vienna. He is now known as the father of figure skating. Mm -hmm. However, he unfortunately died at the young age of 35, so he never got to see it grow in popularity. Uh -huh. And there's a picture of him for you to look at. I gave you the link to the notes. You can see his fancily clad, very, you know, beautiful outfit. I will never look. Okay, don't look. I'm not looking. Modern figure skating. The first World Figure Skating Championships was held in 1896 in St. Peter's, Russia. Only four competitors. And uh, German Gilbert Fuchs mm -hmm. uh, won the first title. Mm -hmm. In 1902, Mage Sayers became the first woman to enter the championships and won the silver medal. While there were no rules that stated at this time that competitions were men only, the ISU, which I believe is the International Skating Union because it was not mentioned anywhere on here, sure. created a ladies competition called the ISU Championships. And the first ladies event was held in 1906 in Davos, Switzerland, where Luge huh? and Bobsled were oh, all invented. Oh, I knew that. I, yeah. Hello? I'm here. Okay. All right. I'm figuring out what ISU stands for. Yes. International Skating Union. I was uh -huh. correct. Good job. Well My done. memory is good. Yeah. Good job. I got the good, good brain. All good right. Brain. Cool. I don't. So now 
Women's pairs and men's competitions are all held separately from each other until the 1930s when all three events were held at the championships in New York. In 1952, ice dancing was officially added to those competitions. Cool, cool. Love that. Uh, while there are subsections to all the different events, the primary events are still women's, men's, pairs, and ice dance. Okay, cool. Hey, now I see what the ISU is in my notes because I love the order that I put these in for myself. Good, good. See, now you're knowledgeable and very, very competent. Back then when you wrote this, it didn't know a damn thing. You're right. You're right. In 1892 in Nether in the Netherlands was where the ISU was founded. Mm. It involved members from the Netherlands, Sweden, Hungary, Great Britain, Austria, Germany, all attending. And then U.S. and Canada founded their own organization, the ISUA, which is just, they took their name and then added, of America, mm -hmm. in 1907. But it was short-lived as Canada joined the ISU in 1911, and by 1927, the ISUA was no more. Okay. Well, rip, I guess. I didn't miss them that much. Anyway, there are 80 countries now that have joined. That's great. All right, now let's talk about equipment evolution. Okay. From Bones. Yes. Right. Obviously, they started with bones. Not stable, slide in all directions. They're flat on the bottom, no sharpened edge, no carving, no no way to possibly get speed. Mm -hmm. They strapped them to their shoes using just strips of leather. They just tied them on. Okay. In the 1400s, the first metal blades in the Netherlands were created, and they attached them to a piece of wood that had holes carved in it for the straps. Mm -hmm. And these first skates were wooden with an iron blade, and they were bulky. Okay. But then they became more streamlined. Great. Came in 1850 when Philadelphian E.W. Bushnell created the first steel blade skate. Um, these skates held their edge much better than the iron ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. What was that pitch like? I just got to imagine some guy walks in with a pair of knives, literally a pair of knives, and like, I got a great idea. I'm going to put these on my feet. <laughs> And I'm going to go out on the ice. You know how we cut ice to cut it and bring it up out and use it and it creates a big hole? I got these. You're right. How would you pitch that? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I think you just have to do it and be like, wee, look at me. I'm having so much fun and this definitely isn't deadly. 100%. Especially in a sport where people are tumbling and falling all over the place and then there's just knives <laughs> gliding across the ground. Like that, that feels like it needs a little bit of a convincing. I mean, it's the American way. It's like, ooh, this looks dangerous. How can we make it more dangerous? Mm -hmm. We'll jump 20 helicopters on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Anyway, the father of figure skating, Jackson Haynes, invented a two-plate, all-metal ice skate that attached directly to his boots, no longer needing the cumbersome wood that goes on the bottom. It simply was full metal. Toe picks were then added to skates in the 1870s, allowing figure skaters to do the jumps and stops and spins a lot better. And then there were improvements to the quality materials and the boot part of the skates. Today, they're similar to figure skates are similar to early modern skates in many ways, mm. except they're automatically built into the boot now. And instead of being like, I already have shoes. Let me just strap this metal thing on with leather straps and belts and stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, how else are you really going to do it back in the day? They didn't have many precision machining capabilities back then. That's true. I mean, I mean, they still had, yeah, the blacksmiths. Oh, can you imagine the blacksmiths making these skates? They're like, these blades are for boots. I mean, how uh, they don't ask questions. When a blacksmith gets a commission, they just make the blade. And they're like, I don't ask questions. I don't need to know. You use this blade for whatever you want. Death or entertainment. Maybe both. <laughs> Have fun. 
Have fun, kids, and then they send them out. <laughs> Eight-year-olds yeah. running Here's out. Here's your bladed stick to attack <laughs> each other on the rivers outside of the walls. Yeah, we, yeah. make sure you break your arms. <laughs> no stab wounds, otherwise you'll be charged. Mm -hmm. Going into the Olympics, figure skating actually was introduced to the Summer Olympic Games in 1908 and then was moved when the first Winter Games came about in 1924. Mm. Again, the competitions remained the same. Uh, and today there are the men's and women's singles with short program and free skate as the two sections. Short program is skated first and has required elements, which include jump spins and a step sequence. While free skate is the uh, second section where the event is choreographed to music with technique being important, but it allows for more creativity because there's less requirements that you have to do this trick. You have to do that. So I guess short program kind of fits our like um, level of more comparable in the sense of you have to perform these elements. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have the the adequate comparisons of the elements. Cool. Sounds good to me. Oh, actually, the singles event is you have to do the short program first. And then if you move on, you do the free skate. Uh -huh. I read this completely wrong. Okay. So that's their competition. For singles competitions, men's and women's, they have to do the short program. If they do well in the short program, then they move on to the free skate part, and then they're judged to see who wins the overall in the free skate. Hmm. And then the pairs event does the same thing. They have to do the short program and then do the free skate. Only 16 pairs advance from the short program to the free skate. Mm -hmm. Ice dance, the event is divided into short dance and then free dance with the, only the top 20 couples in the short dance advancing to the free dance. So basically, you have to achieve... Um, you're good enough by comparison. You can do the tricks just as good as the rest of the competitors that move on. Now you can have fun. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Then you have fun. At what point, you know, I've always wondered this about sports is like, at what point for most people, does it stop just becoming fun and become that job? Like as, as someone who kind of has turned video games into that, where it's like, instead of being something to relax, it is more a job like thing. I, I, I feel like it's gotta be for everybody. There is a point where, you know, that sport, which was your relaxation and, you know, fulfillment thing just became kind of a job. Uh, I guess it's a lot of it would be based on the mentality. You know, you get to the point to where it's like, it's fun. It's fun. I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it for fun. And then you get to a point to where you're just, everybody's like so technical and the details are so immense that they're judging you so specifically and you're training really hard. And at that point you're like, well, this doesn't feel fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, a good reason why some athletes end up retiring. It's because they get to that point. A lot of early retirees in the NFL that have been drafted and stuff have talked about this, and it's like, it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Feels like a job. Not Tom Brady, though. He loves no. it every second of it. Never going to quit. Did he Supposedly. quit? Supposedly. Did, did he quit? Yes, he, re he retired. Oh, okay. The second time. We'll see if he comes back, but okay, he did enough. retire. Okay. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, act two. All right. Baby Mark. Oh, no, not again. What are you going to do? It's time. For what? Time to figure skate. Oh, but what if I don't want to? I didn't pass the interest test. I couldn't read, so I've checked the no box, and now I'm doomed to the ice. Too bad. All right. I am the ice rink god telling you Uh, you were meant to do this. Why are you telling me I'm just a baby? No, baby Mark. Mm. have so much ahead of you. Mm. You must create a blade out of bone, iron, steel all right so i'm just gonna pause you right there god are all the other skaters required to make their own skates for this particular skating competition (laughs) that is judged by the gods (laughs) you are all right okay all right so um you're saying i have a natural talent for this right you have been chosen (laughs) drafted to the ranks of the dancing ice gods Uh uh-huh okay all right um but i I have set the materials before you okay you have bone Uh iron and steel okay. from which to make your blade. Okay. Your boots have leather straps, leather boots, uh-huh. synthetic fiber boots, what? cloth, strings, rubber, uh-huh. and sponge. Sponge? Why sponge? Is that to mop up my blood? Or your enemies. That's for you to decide. All right, well, I really only feel like I'm going to be able to take out something smaller than me, and I'm a baby, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to mop up that much of other people's blood. Have you not seen Ice Age, Baby Mark? No, I have not. You must get the nut from the squirrel. That squirrel is stronger than anything. I've seen that thing pull continents together for a nut. I don't think I'm going to be able to do anything to it. Moving on. (laughs) Okay. Your components of your blade must be made of steel Uh, or bone uh, or iron. Those are very different. But for modern competition, it must be made of tempered steel. Okay, what era? Sharpened. What's the date? Today. Okay, so modern. The blade is sharpened to create a concave or flat section, and the figure skate must be between 0.15 and 0.25 inches thick. Uh Uh-huh. Your boot. To achieve the highest possible Olympic tier of figure skating boot, it must be very stiff, thick leather. Custom made for the skater. Mm. Custom made for you. Mm. Custom made by you Mm. that's not an actual olympic requirement that's just the god's requirement all right i feel like this is kind of unfair but whatever i'm into it the tongue of the boot is usually made of sponge padding or rubber to allow for some flexibility Uh and the boots laces should be tightly tied Uh you can't have a skate go flying at your god judges now okay well i feel like if it hurt them then they're not really that all powerful are they no comment. If I kill one of the skating gods, do I join the council of the gods? You join the ice rink. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, the two outer edges of the bottom of the blade are what touch the ice. On the right foot, the right side of the blade is the outside edge, and obviously the left side. Um, the left side of the skate is the outside edge. Hollow in the middle of the skate, basically the concave stuff, the groove is called the hollow. Mm-hmm. Your heel height varies depending on your figure skates. Lower heels generally distribute weight more evenly, while while higher heels 
move the body weight to the balls of the feet, allowing you improved control for changing direction and quick steps. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most figure skates in competition tend to have a higher heel because you're able to get up to higher speeds and allows you to jump more easily off the front of the skate, which you need to to do the tricks. Mm -hmm. And then the front, the toe pick at the front, is used for your jumps and pivoting during your spins. Um, All right. It's that jagged edge on the front edge of the skate. God, your voice changed. Now you must... You someone else... Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> huh, interesting. Now you must gather your gear. What? You have your skates now. Okay. But you must design your costume. Okay. All right. My costume. Your outfit must match you to program your skating and the mood of your music. Does it have to? It is required. W- but who's to determine that? What if, like, I have different favorite colors than other people, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't really think red is for uh, an aggressive dance. I think that. Purple is more aggressive. It's open to interpretation. All right, so it doesn't really have to matter. No, but it's recommended, I guess. (laughs) All these rules are kind of loosey-goosey. Listen, apparently it's required that women must wear a skirt or pants and men must wear full-length trousers, but not tights. Why can't... I, I swear I've seen some men out there on skating rinks in tights. Costumes that give the effect of excessive nudity are not allowed. In oh. other words, <laughs> no naked skating. We will not allow biblical figure skating on this court. All right. Okay. I, I appreciate that. That's good that that's in the rule book. No detachable parts or accessories. Your costume must not be able to detach. Otherwise, it will be a deduction in your score. Huh. I swear I've also seen like kind of transforming outfits that kind of like flow out and do something else. Maybe that was just for like a an exhibition or something or some like other. Maybe the, maybe I'm thinking like Disney on ice or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> While having a million sparkly sequins, crystals and rhinestones on your costume isn't required. It's nice to see you sparkle in the light. It's nice. I like that the judges are just going like, you know, it'd be nice to see you sparkle. I'm not you want to stand out means anything, but your score just, you know, <laughs> might go up if you're extra sparkly, just so you know. We like the sparkles. It makes you seem more valuable. <laughs> These judges are just like their other babies are just like looking at pretty light. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> they just, They're just raccoons. Ooh, shiny. I know, right? Just, whoa, this chica looking at the sparkly lights is like just a bunch of chicas <laughs> behind the judge booth. Like, oh, oh, where is Chica it? would be the perfect figure skating judge. She would be. If she doesn't look at you, you failed. <laughs> Terrible routine. Terrible. All, all that would happen is you or you or Amy would walk into the room and she would just be like, "You're not important." <laughs> yeah, you're not important. Now you should see her going into the office. She just immediately in there runs to everybody else, like, oh, "Okay, bye, <laughs> oh, bye, all right." Thank I mean, in know. all fairness, I do remember that happening quite a bit when she came into the office when we had the office. No, I'm talking about the production office. Oh yeah, but oh, she also did right. that for the production office of In Space. So right. Oh yeah. So, flexibility is the name of the game, so your costume should be made out of spandex mesh lycra to accommodate the wide range of flexibility that you, Baby Mark, can achieve. Uh Uh-huh. Well, babies are kind of flexible in that they have really soft bones. Good, good. Good. Now, find your rink, Baby Mark. Uh, there. That one with the ice in it. Is it 196 feet and 10 inches long by 98 feet and 5 inches wide? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I measured beforehand because I'm interested. Beautiful. That's the maximum size. If it's over that, you failed. Okay, um, well, The minimum exactly, size is 100, yeah. 183 feet and 9 inches long by 85 feet and 4 inches wide. Uh-huh. Well, it's above that and below the other one. Okay. Is it rectangle? 
Uh, sort of. Is the ice surface temperature kept between 22 and 26 degrees Fahrenheit to maintain perfect ice quality? Oh, yeah, you know it. Because if it's too hot or too cold, it can affect your performance. Uh, well, it doesn't. I've trained on this one all my life, which is not very long. Okay, because if it's too cold, you will land and hurt yourself, oh, increasing no, your risk no, of no, injury. No, no, no. Babies bounce. All right, choose your music. Uh, thrash metal. One of the most important components of your competition is the music. The song you select must set the mood for your performance, and your moves will be choreographed to the song you choose. Mm -hmm. So you are choreographed to this music, Mark. Yes, I am, because of course I am. The only limits of ice skating are your imagination. Uh -huh. The 2022 Winter Olympics skaters performed to songs from Daft Punk, Elton John, and Disturbed. There's no rules against explicit lyrics. However, skaters tend to not choose explicit heavy songs. Mm -hmm. So less curse words. So it's time for you to enter your free skate. You have four minutes and 30 seconds. So your song selections can't be too long. Okay. Is it like that's the maximum? Yes. That's the length of your free skate is four minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, if the baby, baby Mark goes out on the ice, does the whole thrash metal routine, does a quintuple axle, does a quintuple triple backflip twist, lands everything perfectly, just stunning. But let's say for the sake of fairness, I flipped off the judges on the way around. Mm, probably a deduction for the flipping off the judges. <laughs> There's a rule in the rule book for like, ah, interesting. Flipped off minus two. They're the judges. There's probably, maybe there's a rule for it, but otherwise it's like, oh, you scuff at me, I scuff at you. Mm -hmm. All right, now... The key part, we hadn't even gotten into your routine. You came up with moves already, but you can choose your moves, but there are requirements and limitations. Mm -hmm. While there aren't specific requirements for elements that have to be included in free skate, there are limitations. The max amount of jumps you can do are seven, but you must complete at least one axle type jump. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain what an axle is here in a second. A maximum of three spins one of which must be a spin combination, one a flying spin or a spin with a flying entrance, and one a spin with only one position. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I don't know what any of that meant. I, I Like I said, I'll explain. Okay. Um, a maximum of one step sequence and a maximum of one choreographic sequence. Mm -hmm. All right. So to explain an axle, it's a forward-facing jump um, that was originally invented by a Norwegian Axel Paulsen in 1882. The axle jump is the only jump in which skaters take off from a forward outside edge. So your forward skate, the skater rotates one and a half times in the air for a single axle, two and a half times for a double and so on. And you land on the backside edge of the opposite foot from which you took off from. So if you're leading with your right foot, you jump off of that and you must land on your left foot on that outside edge with that skate being behind you and your, your other foot being stuck like in the direction you were going. So your other foot would be behind you and you would land going backwards so my feet are turns. backwards i've i mean i can kind of do that where i turn my feet around but i feel like landing on that is just gonna make my knees explode no 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 no, no. i'm trying you don't turn your feet your whole body turns my whole so body you jump. turns what do you mean and my feet are forward that's even harder This is hard to explain, Mark. What's You're making turning it on me? My my baby Mark is twisted body. up like a pretzel, like just sliding <laughs> on on my my it, my it ass, which is on my front, and my knees, which are on my head. I don't know where my feet are. They're long gone. 
it all turns the same direction. So if you jump off of your right foot, that's currently forward, uh-huh. you'll land moving backwards. Like if you're sliding backwards with what relative to you, your front foot is, uh-huh. would be the one you land on. Okay. So I, at least I, I see, think that's correct. You know, in Terminator two, when the T 1000 hits the wall towards the end and then inverts turns inside out, like, <laughs> like that's what I see. I like, I go up in the air, I spin in a random tornado type direction. And then I midair and land back totally Perfect. the same direction. I was going. <laughs> Perfect. 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 I don't have a video of it for you, but I do have a video of this next trick called okay. the Bellman Spin. Uh-huh. Um, it's named for former Swiss skater Denise Bellman, where you stand in upright position and the skater reaches behind their shoulders and grabs onto the skate of the free leg. The free leg then reaches up towards the ceiling. So the skater rotates while standing upright in a kind of reverse split position. Oh, God. Okay. So I bend <laughs> my leg up over my back. <laughs> and yep. grab my foot? Yep. <laughs> and then so your that, foot goes behind and your then head. The and other you... leg goes up towards the ceiling. I'm sensing a problem. No, no, no. My feet have left the ground <laughs> no, and I am hovering. It's the hovering. same leg. It's the same leg. But so I'm your one leg it. goes behind your back. You grab it when it's behind your head and you lift it towards the ceiling while you have one foot on the ground. All right, no, it's baby Mark with one foot in my hand, the other ascending towards the ceiling, and I am just floating a foot off the ice, sailing backwards at almost supersonic speeds. A god of skating. That's what you called me for here. Um, then there's the combination spin. Where the, the skater changes positions while maintaining speed in a continuous spin. It may or may not include a change of foot. But it's basically you just keep spinning and you keep changing like the position you're in. You can do like your normal like ballet hands in the air. Or you can like stick your foot out and crouch down. That That's that's a combination spin. You'd kind of like sequence multiple spins in one. Okay, so it's just spinning. Am I yes. in the air? No. You're on that you're in contact with the ice. Okay, so I'm just spinning on the ice that I can understand. Okay. Then there's a double jump in which a skater competes two revolutions in the air. In exception of to this is the double axle, which is two and a half revolutions, like I said. You have an edge jump where a skater takes off from the entry edge of the skate takeoff foot without bringing the free foot into contact with the ice to assist the takeoff. Wait, so it's just no, no. Okay, I was totally fine spinning. I'm taking off. I'm taking off like an airplane <laughs> at an airport. <laughs> I just yeah. sail with my arms out and I T-pose up into the sky. <laughs> what did you just say? How high am I going? <laughs> I'm about to hit the ceiling. What am I doing? <laughs> it's where you skate. It's, I can't even oh, begin to Oh, it's where explain. I skate. Oh, that's what I've been missing. So you jump off the entry edge of your skating foot. So your foot that's in contact with the ice. You only have one foot in contact with the ice to do this edge jump. Okay. Um, And you don't bring your other foot into contact with the ice to assist you in jumping to assist you in taking off from the ground so it's a one-legged jump yes Uh the three edge jumps that exist these tricks that are all classified as edge jumps are the axle the loop and the sashaw the what (laughs) sashaw the what the sashaw okay 
It's an edge jump named after uh, Sweden's Ulrich Sachau. Skaters take off from the back inside edge of one foot and land on the back outside edge of the opposite foot. Uh-huh. It's basically a 180. Uh-huh. Cool. 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 Anyway, there's like the move called the Lutz where you, you jump backwards on expansive curves. You know, you dig into the ice and rotate into the opposite direction of the curve before landing on the back outside edge of the foot opposite of the launching foot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's 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 a triple Lutz video here in my notes that I just sent you for you to be able to watch. That's done by Carolina uh, Costner. If you want to no, try I'm, and describe it. No, no, I'd rather have my imaginations of how this nonsense is occurring and my my floating <laughs> a few feet off the ground, taking off like a helicopter and spinning up into the heavens. I, I I'd appreciate this this version to stay in my mind. All right. I'll give you two more. One is very simple. The quadruple jump. Uh-huh. It's you, you jump once and you spin four times around and you land. Mm. Okay. That's the quadruple jump. Very easy. Now for the more fun one, the scratch spin. Mm. The scratch spin. It's an upright spin. Begins on the back inside edge. Your free leg, which is the one that's not in contact with the ice, is extended in front of the body with your thigh raised and your arms are up on both sides. Uh-huh. Like like T-posing, out to the side. So you bring the free leg down and draw your arms close to the body, accelerating your spin to increase the number of revolutions per minute so you're just grinding into the ice like a drill. So I'm just spinning. Very fast, yes. But the thing is, you already told me of a trick that was just spinning there yes but this is this is a type of spin that's within the, the 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 other spin that i was telling you about was you do a bunch of different spins in the same spin wait this is a particular okay. type of spin so when i must have missed the do a bunch of different spins in the same spin because how do you do a bunch of different spins in the same spin <laughs> What do you mean? I thought this is what you were saying back then. But how do you spin spinnily when you're spinning? <laughs> Moving on. No! The twizzle. This is your last trick. Okay. It's a series of turns on one foot. Skaters perform their rotations quickly with continuous action side by side, preferably close to each other on the ice. A series. It's when you do two people where you just spin. Just turn no, 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 on no, one foot. No, turn on one foot. What do you mean turn on one foot? Do I hop? Am I hopping? Turn on one foot. All right. This is how you do the event. Uh-huh. So in previous pri- primers, we went over the exact starting forms and step-by-step instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, but because this is an art form, it even says because it is an art form, the starting position and exact movements needed a complete routine very widely depending on the elements each skater have for their routine. Uh-huh. So to begin, you get into the rink and skate into the starting position for your routine, wherever that is or whatever makes sense, which a lot of times is center ice. Then you do your performance, your music starts, and you begin your routine. And you uh-huh. follow around and do the your selected elements and moves as possible. And if you don't complete a move because you have a list of moves that you give the judges or fall, they keep track of all of that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and the whole idea is you want to try and keep going and recover or make it work. Because there are many skaters where they'll have written in that they do a triple axle and sometimes they only end up spinning fast enough to do a double axle mm-hmm. and then they move on. So there's they deduct points because you didn't complete what you said you were going to do. Um <laughs> But every move in second counts, uh, so you have to make up points by performing your best of your particular routine that you sent out as close to perfect as possible. Mm-hmm. 
And then once you end your performance, you leave the ice, uh, skate guards on your ice skates, and then proceed to the kiss and cry area where you wait your score. The, the what? The what? It's the kiss and cry area. That can't be the real name of it. That's the real name. That can't be the real name of it. Yep. Oh, man. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to make it in one piece there. Can it be? Can you just send me over to the baby reassembly area? Because I feel like I've spun myself into oblivion. No. No. Now I must no. tell you how you win. Okay, how do I win? As the god of figure skating. Hello again. You might want to take a deep breath, stretch, and prepare your brain. Uh, well, my brain's still developing. It's quite malleable. Uh, my lungs aren't very capacious, and um, I'm a baby. To give it to you simply. Mm-hmm. Free skate scores are made up of one technical score and one artistic score, mm-hmm. which are combined to give you your total score. Okay. The longer, more convoluted explanation is that in figure skating, the overall winner is determined by the international judging system, and the scores consist of points awarded by a panel of up to nine judges. Uh-huh. This is a points-based system that assigns numeric values to each particular trick in the sense of how difficult and technical they are. Uh The idea is to attempt to standardize the scores for the elements of the program. Each element has a base value, and how well you perform the trick gets a minus five to a plus five scale. Uh And it's called the grade of execution. (sighs) Because if you do bad at it, you get executed. Oh, really? No, maybe. No, maybe. Man, there's really no clarity of information on this episode. I don't know what. Am I dead or am I alive? Based on scoring, if an element is done perfectly, you would receive the base value of whatever that trick was, plus the plus five grade of execution, which means it was absolutely airproof. No errors. Okay, no errors. If it has a mistake or isn't performed correctly, it will result in a lower grade of execution score and a deduction on the base value. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Understood. So basically your your routine has a base value for all of the tricks combined uh-huh. and depending on how well they determine that you did each particular trick on their little checklist, it can give you additional points if you did really well on that trick or it can give you negative points to your base score um, resulting in it. Man, that was so much easier to understand. That 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 uh, skating god, he he speaks in riddles or rhymes or something. I don't understand what he's saying. You are correct. What? <laughs> uh, there's a technical panel that identifies what elements are performed in each program, and this panel is made up of five people: uh, technical controller, technical specialist, assistant technical specialist, data operator, and video replay operator. Mm-hmm. Um, they apparently identify and record each element in the level of difficulty based on the ISU standard. Uh-huh. Oh, so you don't have to submit it. They actually watch it and they're like, oh, this is what they're doing. And they put it down. Oh, uh-huh. okay. yes. Okay. That's what it seems like. Yeah. 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 In addition to the GOE, there's a program component score, which the artistic aspect of the routine is judged. Apparently, it's based on skating skills, transitions, performance, composition, and interpretation of the music. Mm-hmm. And the score on a scale goes of 0.25 to 10 for each section. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And then they're averaged out and multiplied by two with a max score of 100 points uh, in the free skate. Okay, but did I win? You won in my heart. Okay. The gods have determined that you have been successful enough for you to continue and not meet your demise. <laughs> I didn't know that was the prize. You're welcome. What? And that concludes our uh, figure skating primer. Okay. Baby Mark, do you feel so much better? No. 
I feel like you do. I'm walking. I never want to skate again. No, I feel like you like your bones and metal bottoms and spins and twisties and contorting your body in the most weird way no, that you no, figured out how I to do. I just want to suck on a boob. Oh. <laughs> how long until you understand that I'm a baby? <laughs> never. I will never understand you as a baby. Mark. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I feel confused, but I think I learned something. I think. Yeah. I think I did. I mean, a lot of a lot of figure skating is very technical, and trying to explain tricks with words is very difficult without a video element showing you, this is how you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you understand, like, the history of how figure skating came about mm-hmm. and how, like, it's, it's a judged system. You mm-hmm. have a base set score, yeah. and you do a bunch of tricks, and people determine, oh, you're good. You're better than this person because your routine was better and you performed better. Yeah, true enough. Well, good news is that video episodes are coming soon so we can show you videos and then we can all not be confused anymore yeah video episodes coming exclusively to spotify if you want to watch the video component you got to go to spotify to watch it we will let you know it's probably as soon as i'm done filming this movie and then i can go back home and we can be in our little studio that some of you have already seen before where we have a nice tv set up and everything ready for video and more cool surprises coming soon yes i'm very excited for when we do that so then people can stop being like oh this is scripted i'm like i have little tidbit notes and this is scripted (laughs) what i mean kind of with notes what do they mean scripted so when i think of scripted it's like everything is Uh pre-written and there's absolutely nothing that is not on the script like it's like i write the whole episode it's mark you say this joke now I say this joke now. <laughs> they should see the things that I'm idly Googling when you're talking. <laughs> maybe maybe that's something we can do is like an, uh, an uh, video exclusive episode to Spotify where they just see what's on our computer screens as we're having the conversation. Oh, no, please. No, wait. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, anyway, this was this was a fun episode to go through. Mm-hmm. I definitely learned more about figure skating, but Mark, yes. because it is judged based. Yes. And because of how I explained it, would you consider this a sport or would you consider this an art form? I would consider this. I mean, I've been bad about making these calls because you can't say it's just one or the other. It's both. Yeah. It's like, it's like judge sports are just kind of like a different sect that like we talked about that Venn diagram one time. It's like a, specific sect of sport that crosses into the arts category that it's hard for you to say that it's like a sport but it's hard to say that it's an art form because there's a level of competition that exists within it It, it's so fascinating to me i particularly find that the way that i like to think about sports is that there needs to be a way where anybody can watch and just be like oh yeah obviously that person won but that's not always the case and i think that's part of it is my ignorance and arrogance in that sense of being like, I want to be able to just look at something and be like, oh yeah, that person clearly won. Whereas in this type of stuff, it makes it more difficult because it's based on people's judgment and people have biased opinions on what they think is more perfect or less perfect. And personal relationships can influence it, which means outside judges kind of put a damper on it being a sport, in my opinion. I don't think that it's not a sport, but it's it just makes it, I don't know. It's, it's harder to determine it, it, who needs to determine it. People do it and that's all that really matters. And people have competitions for it. And that's all that really matters. Definitions and names and labels don't really uh, stop or start people from doing the thing that they love. 
Yeah. It's just because we as humans like to put stuff in boxes. Mm-hmm. It's because of how our brains work. Don't put baby in a box. No, that would be bad. Don't do that. But what you can do is download the Spotify app to be ready for the video exclusive episodes when they come out. Mm-hmm. Should be very soon right around the corner. So get ready, everybody. And outside of that, check out the, the Discord. We got some Discord stuff going on. You know, we can talk in there. Go to the subreddit if you want to add some jacuzzes or uh, give suggestions for episodes. Kindly, please. Um, spam is uh, definitely something we don't want to see, but, you know, it's welcome. We like to see what you want us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing else to add. No, but you can find Mark where Markiplier exists all over the internet and me as uh, Tyler Scheid or Apocalypse underscore 12 all over the place. And uh, stay tuned and we'll be back with more episodes coming soon. All right. Sounds good. I can't wait to learn. And the skating gods have spoken. Yes. You must execute this trick perfectly or else. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.